everyone. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. I'm Ashlyn Phelps, the communications coordinator at High Point Church. Today, we're going to change it up a little and press pause on the No Regrets Men's Conference talks. The past few weeks at High Point's youth group, they've been talking deeply about topics like sex, dating, purity, and marriage. And the students have had so many really good questions that the leaders literally run out of time answering them. So in this episode, we're going to listen to Luke Sika and Abby Bernard address those questions and provide more clarity on the subject. Luke is our Director of Student Ministries, and Abby is a longtime youth group leader. If you've still got questions after listening to this episode, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. Also, if you found this episode helpful, we're going to have a whole weekend focused on these topics at the Sexuality Everywhere Conference on October 9th through 10th, 2020, so save the date. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, uh, this is a kind of different episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. I'm here with Abby Bernard. Hello. And uh, my name is Luke Ziga, and I lead the youth group at High Point. And Abby is one of our key volunteers who is in it with me, <laughs> trying to disciple students. It's fun, right? We yes, have fun. It's, yeah, absolutely. How it's long have you time. been in youth ministry for? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. I think at least six years because my youngest girls have been in college for two years now. So yeah, yeah that would wow. make it six. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. You've been around. You've been yeah. in youth ministry longer than I have. And then and then I did it before at my previous church as well. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh yeah. So the last two weeks at youth group we have dove deep into the topic of sex and dating, marriage, purity, boundaries, yeah. all of that. And uh, there's a lot of questions that were asked and we tried to answer as many as we could, as well as we could, but we were left feeling like there is more to say, more we want to clarify. And so we thought this would be a really interesting podcast episode to talk to you guys, whether you are a student in the youth group or a parent or someone else in the church who wants to hear more on this topic, you have questions or you're kind of searching, trying to figure stuff out yourself. Uh, we're just going to get into it when it comes to sex and dating and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, Abby, when you were growing up, cause you grew up in youth group, mm-hmm. um, was this talked about? Did you yes. get help on this? <laughs> yes. No. I don't know if you would call it help. It yeah. was definitely it was definitely talked about. Yeah. <laughs> so what was what was that like for you? Um, as our teens would say, it was super cringy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, I, yeah, yes. Yeah, I think overall it was really like there was like a deep level of discomfort. Like the adults and the leaders really didn't want to be talking about it. Yeah. And you could really sense that coming through. Um, in addition to them saying some things that I think were not very helpful at all, like making it seem like sex was the worst thing that you could be committing and right. that um, that there is no coming back from it and that if you have sex with even one person before you're married, that your marriage will never be like good or as right. like fulfilling as it could be. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, just lots of things. I think that even if that's not probably not what they meant to convey, um, just conveyed this whole atmosphere around sex of it being very taboo mm-hmm. of it, maybe not even being very good right. or like a good thing. Mm-hmm. And just a lot of pressure to be like, stay as far away 
It was a big trend when I was in youth group too yeah. to have like purity talks of like, don't even kiss like yeah. when you're dating. Like be the couple that like your first kiss is on your wedding day. Mm-hmm. And like, did you guys sign like, like a that. covenant thing that was like, had, I will oh, yeah, not like the have purity. sex until marriage. So, like you sign it. That's I don't think, I don't think I ever signed <laughs> one of those like, like true love waits. That's what it was. Was that like, it? That's, there was actually like bands because I worked at the Christian bookstore in high oh my school gosh. and there's actual <laughs> bands you could buy that said like true love waits that came oh. with a little card. Well, this was kind but, of like um, the purity movements, which yeah. I think started in the 90s. And it was, yeah, it really emphasized how dangerous sex was outside mm-hmm. of marriage. And now part of that was there was a lot of biological reasons for that. Right. <laughs> and like there's a lot of fears around STDs and unwanted pregnancies. Yes. And um, and so it was this kind of topic that, yeah, when I was in youth group too in the 2000s, mm-hmm. it also felt very heavy. Yeah very like bleak yes (laughs) like you would just sit there listening to them warn you about the dangers of sex and you would feel like this this just feels awful right am am i really supposed to save this thing that seems so dirty and wrong for the one person i love most in life like something's not making sense here right yeah those those concepts didn't jive like if this is as dirty and wrong as you're saying that is right then why would i want to do that for the first time with the person i'm supposed to love forever yeah exactly yeah (laughs) doesn't make any sense no and so yeah people feel very awkward it didn't feel like this is good news we're excited to share this with you yeah and um i know like from my parents i got very little Mm. from them Hmm. and i do not blame them for that or anything i think they were doing what they thought was best right Um, you know i got the talk in like middle school which Mm. just basically explained what sex was but it's not like that really set me up to understand really how to walk in sexual purity throughout my teen years Mm -hmm. and college years and so it was something that either wasn't really talked about enough and when Mm -hmm. it was actually talked about yeah it felt very heavy and you know just very like just kind of guilt producing and shame producing i think yeah so that kind of felt like um what a lot of young people grew up with and so we've really worked at high point to turn that around and have healthy discussions around sex and Mm -hmm. purity we've launched forgiven and free which is a ministry uh designed for people who are struggling with any kind of sexual sin or addiction to come get help and not just be shunned like a leper but (laughs) be told hey there's hope for you and you can turn this around and you're forgiven and jesus loves you and uh sexual sin is is not the unforgivable sin right you can you can really find hope and peace in the midst of this and so um that's what i would really like to do as someone working with young people to actually give information that's helpful and show that um this doesn't need to be the taboo topic Mm -hmm. that's so scary to talk about that's so hard to talk about so Let's just jump into some of the essentials here. Like, what is marriage and why is why is sex an important part of marriage? Hmm. It's kind of like the, I think, the groundwork here. And so in youth group, we talked through Ephesians 5, yeah. which Paul gives what he calls this profound mystery that marriage is somehow this kind of snapshot or representation of Jesus and his church. Hmm. And so it's not something we humans just thought up. It's something that God actually designed to represent him and his character and mm-hmm. for us to get a better picture of what it means that Jesus died for us and cleanses us and sacrifice himself for us. Mm -hmm. That is what the husband is meant to do for his wife. And so marriage has this really profound theological implication. And so um, 
guys, they're supposed to think about their wives the way Jesus thinks about the church. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this really cool kind of picture, this model that we're supposed to follow. And so at Youth Group, we talked about how what makes sex important and what makes sex really good is that sex is like a, kind of the glue that, that bonds the husband and wife together. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul talks about um, in First Corinthians 6, if you have sex with a prostitute, it's, it's like you become one flesh mm-hmm. with that person. And that's echoing Genesis 2. And so it's clear that this idea of being one flesh does involve actual sex. And so, um, and then in Matthew 19, uh, Jesus is kind of alluding to what God has joined together, don't separate. So right. it seems like God is actually sort of stitching two people together, knitting two people together when they have sex. Yeah, And so... The reason that sex is important is because it's, it's this really great, amazing thing that creates a very powerful bond and intimacy between two people. Right. And that's kind of the core of a marriage and core of a family unit. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so great and something to look forward to and something to cherish. Right. But like any gift, it does have boundaries around it. And that's mm-hmm. to keep us safe. Yeah. Yeah. And there's those like physiological and biological processes that are happening in the midst of that too. Like when you're having sex and that pleasure is released, you're releasing hormones. Oxytocin is one of them. And um, dopamine that is that those hormones are bonding you together on not just like a spiritual level. That's a mystery, which is also true, but also on a physical level of like being bound to that person. Yeah. Like through those things, Um, which is also too. So interesting tidbit. Yeah. Um, we're getting ready to have a baby in April, so the end of April. So it's fascinating reading about birth, and oxytocin is one of the hormones that's released during birth. Oh. And so actually in that moment, like there's so much oxytocin released that almost everyone in the room feels bonded to that baby, <laughs> oh, really? which is part of the process of wow. like making sure that that baby is taken care of, that if anything happens, like that oxytocin or that bonding hormone like is released then, and that's the same hormone that smaller levels of it are released during sex, bonding you together as... Mm-hmm. Like partners and as like a unit, so so interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting to see God's plan. The more we sort of scientifically discover things, right. it's always like, oh, God designed this. Yeah, <laughs> he knew he's what pretty he was clever. Doing. Yeah, <laughs> he knows what he's up to. Right. Yeah, and so this this is the big reason why we w- we want to talk about this is because. Mm-hmm. Is because sex is a good thing, not because it's a bad thing. Right. Um, it's a wonderful thing. It's great. And so the issue is bonding yourself outside of your spouse mm-hmm. creates problems because you're going to have to eventually rip that bond away, uh, which is very painful. And a, a verse that I talked about a youth group that's been really helpful for me is when Paul talks about how we're supposed to flee sexual immorality, not because sex outside of marriage is bad or if if you sin sexually jesus won't forgive you it's that sexual sin is sin against your own body it it cuts you in a different way than other kinds of sins Mm -hmm. and so it just it hurts it's it's gonna hurt you and this is why i think sexual sin is it creates so much brokenness so much shame this is why Mm -hmm. like sexual abuse is like so hard for victims to overcome Um, it, it creates so many deep wounds because we know there's something deeper going on than just mere physical bodies right. meshing. There's a clear, like, deep soul level um, kind of thing mm-hmm. happening that, that we just sort of know is there. Right. And so if you sort of start messing with that or being very loose with that or mm-hmm. just doing whatever you want with that, you are sort of getting your soul kind of tangled up. And, and, and it's, that's only going to ultimately be really frustrating and difficult for you. 
Right. And and whoever then you bring into it, it's going to be frustrating, mm-hmm. difficult for them. So, and so this it leads is, this, to, it's a warning. Right? right. And it leads to like a hardening of your heart, too. Because mm. like, so say you are engaged in that lifestyle, like having casual sex. Um, the world tells you that shouldn't be a big deal. Like right. you sh- that shouldn't be that emotional. It shouldn't be that hard to do. Like that should be able to happen. And it's fine. And to, so embracing that lie then requires that you harden your heart more yeah. every time like you yeah. engage in those activities. Mm-hmm. And so then when people are trying to seek healing for it, then you have to go through all these different layers of like softening and feeling those emotions again. And that's part of why it's so hard to come back from that. And there's so much you have to deal with then. Yeah. Well, that, that's maybe getting to some of the other questions we've been getting, which mm-hmm. is if I've already messed up in this area, because right. here's, here's the big challenge with this topic, because mm-hmm. you stand in front of a bunch of teenagers and say, if you have sex before marriage, you have now bonded yourself with someone mm-hmm. that is going to reduce future intimacy with your eventual spouse. Mm-hmm. Now, anyone in the room who has lost their virginity is thinking, oh, great, it's yep. over. <laughs> Peace out. I'm done I'm, listening. It's, just, it's done. <laughs> There's no hope for me. I, I should just walk out. You're telling me that I'm, I'm damaged. Right, you know, which is I, not true. Which is so not true. Yeah. Um, so what can we say to people in that situation where they yeah. hear us talk and they say, hey, be really careful with this. Right. Using this too early or in mm-hmm. the wrong context is going to be tough. What about someone who's like, well, right. I've, I've already gone down that path. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that I hated about those purity talks that I heard growing up was just like the definitiveness of, right, there is no real hope for this. And to me, learning and growing in my understanding of God and who God is, that feels so wrong to me because it feels so limiting of God's ability to bring healing and restoration and hope. And that is who our God is. He is a God who can heal completely, who can restore what was lost. Mm -hmm. And even in this Like, this is not too big, that God's arm is too short to reach and to save and to redeem in this area. So even if you have done those things, yes, damage has been done, Mm -hmm. but there is still hope and there is still reconciliation and there is still full and complete forgiveness that you can have, that you don't have to live in shame from Mm -hmm. those things, that you can be set free from those past things. Yeah, totally. Especially, I think, like, you know, I don't think we've, one of the issues that we haven't been able to bring up or really address yet in these talks is a lot of people may have experienced losing their virginity in a way that was not their choice or with coercion or however you want to put it and might feel like that's too late for me it wasn't my choice but it's still too late and especially in those situations like there is hope there Mm -hmm. is freedom like that was not your fault yeah and that there can be restoration for those areas that god is mighty to save and he can address. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's so, and from the little bit, I know it's really easy for victims of sexual abuse to feel guilty. feel like this was me. I brought this by myself Yeah, and that's just not true. Like this Mm -hmm. was sin against you. This is not your sin. And, um, all throughout scripture, I just look at the way Jesus interacts with prostitutes. Mm -hmm. He's so kind and so gracious. I think about the woman at the well and Jesus interaction with her. Um, yeah, it's like just because um, you have you have brokenness in this area or you have pain from your past, um, it doesn't mean that the healing process is always going to be easy. Right. And it doesn't mean there's not consequences from what you went through. But um, Jesus is absolutely extending forgiveness to you and, and he is extending you hope and he wants to heal you and make you whole again. 
Um, I think of Paul talking to the Corinthians who were sleeping with prostitutes, and Paul's like, "Stop it!" <laughs> He's not like, "Well, you messed up." You're He's the like, worst. Yeah, you stop. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just stop. like it's just just stop. You know. Yeah. But they're believers who, like Paul's addressing, says, mm-hmm. "I want more for you." So, mm-hmm. um, and a, an, another question that has come up is, "Well, if I've already messed up in this area, why change course now? Like, if I've been sleeping with my girlfriend or boyfriend." Now you're telling me I shouldn't do this, but I've I've already lost my virginity, and I've I've now apparently hindered my ability or, or decreased my ability to have intimacy in the future potentially. So I might as well just kind of keep going, right? Mm. And I think that's a valid question, right? Um, so what do we have to say about that? Definitely a valid question. Yeah, I think first of all that comes down to a heart issue, right? Mm-hmm. Of yeah. like. Where are you at with your relationship with God and what are you hoping for in your relationship with God? Because if if God's reasons for not having sex with your significant other outside of marriage are not enough for you, then why is that? And so I think, first of all, you need to get down to like brass tacks of like, do you believe the gospel? Do you believe that God's plan is good? That the plan Uh he has for you is for a hope and a future is for good things, Mm -hmm. um, better than the things that you can snatch for yourself now. Um, and if you truly don't believe that, which becomes evident when it's really hard to follow God's plan for us, right? That like, oh, I do lack trust in this area that God's plan is better than the sex I can have right now. Then, like addressing that in your heart first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it. This is so, to use a cliche Christian term, but it's just fitting. <laughs> countercultural. Mm, <laughs> this mm-hmm. goes against everything everyone else says. That sex should just be this thing that you explore. Why not? And that seemed like that was a lot of the reaction from the students. Well, what's the big deal? Right. Might as well. Mm-hmm. And um, the main thing I can say is that just the older I've gotten, the more the Lord's plan has made sense to me and the less the way the world talks about sex has made sense to me. Mm-hmm. The more I look at the way, the way the world talks about sex, I, I can tell so many people are, are in pain and I can tell how damaging pornography has been to so many people. I can tell how damaging premarital sex has been for so many people. Uh, it's like God knows he's the one who designed it. He knows us. He knows what it was made for. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you give a kid a bike, you say, okay, this is a gift, but here's the rules. You got to mm. wear a helmet. Don't go out at night. Don't go down the street. Right. And that's what God is doing with sex. He's like, you can enjoy this. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. You're immediately going to think, well, can I use this outside of the rules? Right. And the best thing we can do is just live within God's rules. Um, because again, using sex outside of the way you intended, while it, that's what often feels right, and that's what mm-hmm. seems right, and just going along with culture just a lot of times seems like the thing we should do. Um, I've just seen over and over again, it's like, oh, God knows what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and like waiting to have sex till marriage, just now that I am married, makes so much more sense. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I totally get that. Right. Because as soon as you're married, it's like your past is, is still there, and it's still mm-hmm. something you need to work through with your spouse. And... Um, you you're gonna want to come into that as like sexually pure as possible Mm -hmm. and so that feeling of like i want to build romantic exclusivity with this one life partner for life and i I really don't want anything in my life outside of that right to me it just has made so much more sense the older Mm -hmm. i've gotten and that's that's basically what we just want to tell all of you if you're a teenager Mm -hmm. listening to this is that it does feel like against the grain Mm -hmm. um and if you're like, this still doesn't make sense, 
that I totally get that. But uh, trust God. He knows what he's doing. He designed it. He designed you. It's a good thing. And uh, yes, the world has a way crazy view of it. But um, I think the world's view of it is um, is causing them a lot of hurt. And I think they're they're very blinded in the way they're approaching sex. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just not it's not good. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, we do, you know, there are all those bodily consequences that can happen totally. too. Yeah. And while some of those may sound cliched too, like it's, they're real. They're still like, real. There is still well, a chance of like getting yeah. pregnant. Yeah. Like even if you're on birth control, even if you're using condoms and practicing safe sex, there's still a chance of getting mm-hmm. STIs. STIs are what they're called now. Oh, just did I say STIs? <laughs> yes. Um, they're infections because most of them are treatable, but still not all of them. Yeah. And there's actually like more data and research coming out that the more STIs that you have, had and the more sexual partners you have had you're at increased risk for cancer oh interesting. and so that's some of the new research as well as like having the hpv vaccine and why that became prevalent is because they're finding links between those two things so it is like that's part of god's design right like god knew that stis would lead to cancer even if we didn't and are just discovering that those links right now like that's showing part of his plan in that in trying to protect us from some of those things well and i was having this conversation with a student the other day and i was like look are you at this point willing to be married mm-hmm. and he was like no and i was like are you willing to have a child he's like no i was like are you financially stable enough to support a family right he's like no i was like mm-hmm. then you're not old enough to have sex right <laughs> it's like that simple that that needs to come in line mm-hmm. with all those other things like financial stability Personal responsibility, moral responsibility, autonomy, right? all that needs to be there. Mm-hmm. And then, like, obviously, once you step into marriage, one of the questions that has come up a lot is, like, what's the big deal about marriage? <laughs> you know, like, if a couple lives together and they love each other, they're committed to each other, but they don't go sign the paperwork mm-hmm. at the courthouse, what what's the big deal? How is that living in sin for someone who gets married not? Yeah. Yeah, and they would add in usually like, oh, well, if God sees sex as like joining two people together, then aren't we actually married in God's eyes because we've had sex? Um, No, the answer is no. (laughs) Um, And because this is how God designed it. God designed marriage to have that commitment and that covenant, which reflects the gospel, right? Which is why it's so important because God has a covenant and a commitment with us that even when we mess up, even when things aren't great, like that he's going to be there regardless and he's going to fight for this relationship with us. And he sent Jesus as a reconciliation for that relationship. And that's what marriage is supposed to emulate. There's supposed to be this steadfastness, this security in marriage. Marriage, yeah. through having this covenant in place that you cannot foster through living together beforehand. You can't get that same level, even if you say you're committed, right. like you still don't have that same level of commitment. Yeah. And when you have those things in place, it changes the game. When you are so confident yeah. in the other person that you're with, that cha- that changes sex. Like when you yeah. can have that level of security, you're more free to express yourself. Totally. You're more free to try new things with that person, yeah. to be a little daring that yeah. you couldn't be and you couldn't fully enjoy that gift from God without that level of security and that comfort of the covenant. Yeah. 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 That's a really good point. Yeah. Sex is meant to be between two people who are already committed to each other. Right. Not trying to figure out if they're committed to each other. And right. sex will become... The deciding factor, especially for yeah. guys, which makes it this really ugly performance yes. thing, which is not what it's supposed to be. Not at all it's what it's m- supposed to be. And that's why porn it becomes so performance. It becomes a performance because 
people are trying to twist it into something it's not and that gets right. messed up in our brains and then we start to think about sex in a totally ungodly way right you know and um yeah like ultimately marriage is not something we came up with it's a mm-hmm. covenant it is the commitment you make with another person that right. is lifelong it's i'm in this with you no matter what mm-hmm. like we're in it to the end yeah. and so that is the commitment like dating is really just the audition phase you're just right. trying to figure out who is that person i'm gonna be committing to yeah. but if you start mixing in sex during the audition phase it totally changes that phase it totally right. makes it very difficult for you to actually process whether this person is right for you or not because right. you're already you're bonding yourself to someone and then trying to figure out if they're the right life partner for yeah. you so you can Which, no longer think about it logically exactly because yeah. now you've activated those hormones now those mm-hmm. oxytocin and dopamine they're all they're all in there surging and confusing your brain so you can yeah. no longer logically evaluate that partner yeah. because you're already feel feeling bonded to them that way yeah. i love what you said about like sex should not be an audition like yeah. that is not the point that is not how you have good sex right. is with any feelings yeah. of like this is a performance mm-hmm. or like something that I need to show how like knowledgeable I am to my partner. Totally. Like what an awful mindset to come to. So like, stressful. <laughs> yeah. Like that is going to that is going to produce like not fulfilling or good sex for both partners. Yeah. And like that's a huge thing is like communication and honesty and mm-hmm. being able to like a, have good sex with a significant other can only be accomplished when you've been practicing good communication and honesty, like yeah. up to that point in your relationship, when you've built all of that trust, hopefully through dating and through being faithful to one another and through then making those promises to each other when you get married, yeah. like that's how you lead to that. It's not meant to be something that you perform for them. Totally. And it's supposed to be something that you grow in together yeah. and that you discover together. Yeah. Like that's part of the beauty of it. Totally. It's super helpful. And I've gotten the question a lot of how can I know whether I can marry someone before I, if I haven't lived with them first. <laughs> so I need to live with someone to decide. And my response is always, you gotta, like you can get to know people without having to live with them. Like, right. That's, like if you, can, like you can learn someone's character and you can learn someone's godliness and that is the process of dating is building a friendship with that person and um to think i need to live with them in order to know like that is not the decision you're making you are committing to someone and that is a step of faith and um yeah part of that is i don't know exactly what their exact routine is going to be like right. and and mm-hmm. w- what their view on house chores is going to be although that's stuff you can all talk about beforehand um but yeah, it's, you got to take the step of faith and say, okay, without having lived with this person first, mm-hmm. we're going to commit to each other. And um, I know their character. You know, to me, that's like, number one is, are they pursuing the Lord? Yes. And can you absolutely trust that? You know, you know, mm-hmm. deep down, I'm like a gut hunch guy. <laughs> like, I, I just, I know when I know something about someone. And so right. my wife, Rachel, I was just like, I trust her walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that was like, first thing. Yep. And second thing, I was like, okay, do we have a friendship? like a genuine connection right. where we just enjoy being with each other. Most of marriage is friendship and companionship and just doing life together. Yeah. And so, so true. Yeah. Which and, the rom-coms get wrong all the time. Oh, they get right? it so wrong, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and which is part of the pressure, I think, to have sex as a teenager is yeah. like, is like this is exciting. And like when you're older, you won't have this level of excitement with someone else and yeah. like all this, all this stuff. Well, that's, that's so wrong. Like most yeah. of marriage is just doing life together. Yeah. And if you don't even really like the person, but they like excite you sexually like Mm -hmm. that's not going to produce a marriage totally that's going to work in the long run totally no it's it's gonna be so bad and so if you're having Mm -hmm. sex while you're dating sex is 
again, a lot of Andy Stanley talks about this in the new rules of love, sex and dating that guys will often use sex as the deciding factor. But mm. that is like less than 0.1% of, of your time being married is having right. sex. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're deciding based off that, you're going to have a very unhappy marriage. And um, Pastor Nick, one thing Pastor Nick has talked about, which has been helpful, is that um, typically if if um, you know couples who have more sex before marriage tend to have less sex once they're married, mm-hmm. and couples who wait tend to have more sex later because mm-hmm. they chose to do the hard thing while dating, right? Which is abstaining. Yeah. In marriage, after bits, the hard thing is going to be having consistent sex. Right. Because prioritizing that. Away, prioritizing mm-hmm. it. And so if you do the hard thing while dating, you're going to do the hard thing while being married, which is having sex with each other. <laughs> right. Which then leads to more fulfillment exactly. and better communication and a better marriage mm-hmm. in prioritizing each other in that way later. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the dating process, especially mm-hmm. for some of our students who are teenagers right and they're not of marriage age yeah currently so so how should they think about it yeah so first of all i don't know i don't know if we've even talked about this but so lucas and i dated in high school and we yeah so we dated for like five years wow and um and then we both went to college we did two-year programs and got married after that and then went back to college for our bachelor's degrees um so like so it's funny for me like talking about this because like a couple things we said in lessons was like, don't even bother dating in high right, school. Yeah. And like, right, well, yeah. I'm like, I'm like the representation of like the, the well, this is good. This outlier. Is yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, for us, but there was a lot of back and forth when we were dating because yeah. like Lucas was like super sure. Like he was like, yeah, like you're amazing. Let's get married. Yeah. And we were like sophomores. sophomores. And I was like, Lucas. I was like, wow. I was like, whoa, you need to back off. Yeah. Like, this is really scary, yeah. actually. Like, I'm just trying to like pass math class. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so like, so that led to a lot of back and forth, like in our relationship. Like we literally broke up like three times because he yeah. was, he was so serious. And I was like, we're in high school. Like, yeah. cool your jets. Um, but so finally, like junior year, like the end of junior year, I was like, okay, like if we're going to start dating again, we're like, we're going to get married. Like we're probably going to get married. And he was like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's a <laughs> big so, decision to make. Right. At that age, right. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I think we were kind of in a unique position because we both had solid life plans. I knew I wanted to go to nursing school. He knew he wanted to be a mechanic. Yeah. Like helps. we had, we both had kind of those plans in place. Um, and our parents were very, very good about communicating and talking those things through with us. And like, what is this going to look like after? Um, yeah. So, yeah. But so I think that is kind of a unique situation, obviously. And if you don't have that, though, right, what is the point of dating in high school? Like, because the point of dating should be that you're looking for your future spouse Mm -hmm. and you're looking for the character that you want in your future future spouse. So if you're just going on dates to have fun or because you want to, like, experience, like, dating in high school, like, that, those are not proper motivations to be dating in that season. Yeah, I tend to, um, you know, I dated in high school and it, it wasn't terrible like we mm-hmm. we didn't really go too far and mm-hmm. but the the problem that it did produce was i was just so focused on her that i wasn't really building community or forming friendships anymore and so hmm. that's i think can be one of the main issues that people will date and suddenly their whole life is focused on this one person mm-hmm. rather than continuing to grow friendships and so um 
it's great to have interest in the opposite sex and develop right. relationships with them. Yeah. And so probably the best thing you can do is try to develop like a mixed friend group. Yeah. And that can be hard to do, obviously, but mm-hmm. a lot of people do it. Yeah. And um, it's just maybe the healthiest place to be is like a good group of friends. Right. You have guy friends, you have girlfriends, mm-hmm. and you're able to figure out how to talk to the opposite sex. And yeah have like good relationships with them um i think that's just a good life habit for pretty much anyone but right um, especially if you're not married i mean that's even something i say to 20 somethings like for some of the guys i've talked to who are like i'm not married yet what's going on usually my first question is do you hang out with women yeah ever if you're not <laughs> good starting point I like i don't know what to tell you you have to have friends who are who are women or else it's not gonna work out so, right um, yeah, so it's, it's not like, again, this is, um, this is more an area of wisdom than an area of, of black and white sin, mm-hmm. not sin. And that's a lot of what the, the, of scripture lives in Right, is, you know, walking in godliness means walking in wisdom and mm-hmm. it's not always like a, you have to do this or that. And so when it comes to dating, if you're, if you are going to date, um, you got to be really careful mm-hmm. um, when it comes to how physical you two get. Mm. Um, the reason for that is that sex is so much more than just actual intercourse. It's a whole process that really begins with arousal. Right. And so as soon as you are doing things to get you aroused, you are on the really the train to have sex. Like mm-hmm. you have begun that process. Right. And so... If you're making out, um, the issue with that is not that the Bible says you're not supposed to kiss. Mm-hmm. It's that you are doing something that is your your body is going. Okay, great. We're, we're let's mm-hmm. have sex now. <laughs> and so you're 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 gonna start thinking differently, and you're not gonna be um, thinking nearly as logically. Your yeah, your body is flooded with hormones mm-hmm. to say, hey, do this, keep doing this. Right. And so um, it can just be very hard to say no in that moment. Like mm-hmm. if you've begun the process. Um, it's unlikely you're going to turn it around halfway through. It's just, that's very unnatural. It's not the way we were designed at all. Right. So that's why, um, Christians talk about boundaries so much. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, while we're dating, we're, we're not going to make out or we're not going to be alone together. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be at her place past 10 PM. Right. I'm going to, you know, text my accountability partner when I'm coming home to check in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason Christians do this is because we want to preserve, um, Ultimately, we want to preserve virginity and, and not actually have sex. Um, but again, there's there's a whole bunch of steps that happen before that. And so we want to be on the front end of all of that yeah. and guard ourselves. It's really mm-hmm. the only safe place to be. And so that is why Christians talk about, like, be careful with kissing. Like, don't be taking your clothes off. Right. Don't be doing that kind of stuff because... Mm-hmm. Again, you're just you're asking for trouble. Yeah. Like you're playing near the fire pit. And, right. And you're gonna fall in. <laughs> right, right. One of my favorite quotes is um, sex is not an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's not. So there are yeah. lots of things before that yes, yeah, that like yeah, warn you or show you that that's the where you're headed. Right. And so you need to listen to those those cues way before you get to that point because it should not be an emergency it should never be an emergency of someone pressuring you or being like oh we got this far like now we just like we like have to keep going no it's not an emergency that's not true don't let anyone pressure you and make you feel like that is the case and listen to those warning signs long before you get to that point (laughs) and this is where you start having those really honest conversations with your significant other um that lead to key 
and good communication once you're married, right? Because yeah. these are hard things to talk about. It's hard to be dating someone, especially if you don't know them very well, and be like, well, I thought that making out would be okay, but yeah. it turns out that actually I'm getting really aroused, and so yeah. we need to like back off. That's right. like an awkward conversation with someone yeah. that you don't know that yeah, well, well yeah. but you need mm-hmm. to be having that conversation. You need to be having those conversations about boundaries beforehand mm-hmm. um, and being honest about how those boundaries are going. And yeah. if you need to maybe reset some of those things yeah. that you thought would be okay and turns out like, oh, that's actually not going to be okay for me. Totally. And this is one of the reasons why I advise against dating a non-Christian. Mm. I know a lot of people think flirt to convert works. <sighs> and it, I have heard of times that it has worked. But if you're dating a non-Christian, very, it is very unlikely that they're going to share your level of conviction Right. They may. I've heard this a bunch of times. They'll say, "Yeah, I talked to her. I talked to him, and they're cool with it." They say, "Cool, you you want to wait till marriage? I'll support that." Um, but th- it sounds like they're typically just saying that, and and usually those couples tend to struggle. Mm-hmm. And so the reason dating a Christian, well, there's a million reasons you should date a Christian and marry a Christian. <laughs> but one of the reasons when it comes to purity is like, like you need someone who's going to be as convicted on this as you are, right? And hold you accountable to mm-hmm. it, and be as strong-willed as you on this mm-hmm. because even for two christians to date for a long time before marriage is going to be difficult and right. you're going to need to yeah constantly be analyzing how's this going and mm-hmm. seek help and have accountability partners and have safety nets in place to keep you on the right track and so um yeah dating a, a non-christian or, or a nominal believer someone who's really not committed to jesus in the same way you are is um is probably going to make it very difficult for you to walk in purity. Mm-hmm. And um, this is also why for couples who do start having sex, my advice tends to be you probably should break up. Mm. <laughs> maybe not always, maybe not permanently, mm-hmm. but like right now it doesn't seem like you guys together are strong enough to turn this around. Unless you both have this like come to Jesus moment right. of like deep repentance. Renewed commitment. And then, and then you're going to put in a bunch of, of safety measures that can be okay. But, um, I know that was one of the questions we got of, well, if, if we're having sex, what do we do? Do we break up? Mm-hmm. And, um, usually yes, always, I don't know, but um, yeah, probably not depend. always. Yeah. I think yeah. it depends right on the situation, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're having sex with someone who is a non-Christian and you try to have that conversation with them and it doesn't go well and they can't respect that or even or if they say they're going to yeah, respect helpful, that yeah. but then later they're like making moves on you that yeah. you know they've made before <laughs> they don't and you're really like you're like do, mm, yeah. turns out you don't really respect this choice yeah, yeah. um and so maybe that's not something you'll know right off the bat but you need to have a conversation about it first um yeah. to have the chance to kind of reset those boundaries totally i think this is one area that the world kind of reveals itself a little bit yeah, in um yeah the emphasis on consent culture Uh, is that I think the world is coming around to the fact that like there's been a lot of pressure surrounding sex that is really unhealthy and so I think that's actually a good thing that shows that they are kind of opening their eyes to some of the hurt and damage that has been caused by not having safe boundaries Um, because like so a great example is like you know like so you set boundaries in place boundaries are to protect you from going over that cliff right so if you go over one of the boundaries um, you know, that is serious. And that means you need to have a conversation. You need to reevaluate it. But ideally your boundaries are safe and set in a, such a safe way that you're still not close to the cliff. Totally. Yes. Yes. And you've drawn the line way before the line. Right. Of yeah. Right. And so you're still, while you need to like 
repent and and make that right and figure out together what you want to do about that Mm -hmm. like you're still within that line of safety and i think that was something as a teenager that was really hard for me navigating boundaries and everything like you know dating like you're gonna mess up in your boundaries like Mm -hmm. it's it's gonna happen unless you're both like super type a very strong like self-controlled people so what do you do when that happens and i think the best thing to do is not to wallow in feelings of shame or condemnation like having a right heart attitude and being able to be like i we we messed up i messed up like repentance, Mm -hmm. accepting that full and complete forgiveness from God. Like, was this necessarily a sin by biblical standards? Maybe not, but we had committed to this together. And so I feel like it is a sin against like the other Mm -hmm. person because this is something that we had committed to do together. Totally. Um, So kind of like, you know, realizing those things, asking for forgiveness and then coming back together as a couple and be like, all right, we need to reevaluate this boundary. Mm -hmm. How do we do that? Do we need to set something further? Like, so it's even more safe Yeah. or was it like the setting, like being able to have those conversations and it's so humbling. It is very humbling (laughs) to have that conversation with your significant other. Yeah. But you're right to like have grace on yourself. You know, I know some couples will like, feel so devastated if they cross the boundary mm-hmm. and yeah you should have a conversation about it and, and confess it and all that but um the lord knows that you want to go further and he knows you want intimacy mm-hmm. and um that was something i grew up struggling with felt like any sexual desires i had was was wrong or like right. god was frustrated with me for feeling these things he's right. not he designed yeah. you to want these things Resulting in that sense of shame yes. surrounding mm-hmm. se- your sexuality. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that that, and, um, that that sense of shame is not healthy. Yeah. And like God did design us to feel these ways mm-hmm. and to lead to lasting marriages. Yeah, and one of, one of the things I do appreciate about, I think, the younger generation is there is more of a movement of openness and authenticity. Mm. And um, yeah, the, probably the best thing, gen- like the best bit of advice generally and the best practice I've put in my own life is just having people to talk to about this. Yeah. Like in high school, I was just terrified to <laughs> admit anything in this regard. I was just so, t- it was, that was just like greatest possible fear. And I've just found that like finding Christian community who you can talk about this stuff with. And this is why I've loved like Forgiven and Free because there's such a, culture at least on the guy side there's such a culture of like love and support and like we're here for each other like we all know like we're sexually broken we're all sexually broken we're all sexually immoral yep we're all sexually impure and like Jesus loves us all and, right. and we, we got to grow in it. And, and there's we, grace for that. there's grace That's for all of it. That's part of sanctification yeah. is walking through that. Right. So you don't need to be feeling like you're the dirtiest, worst person in the world yeah. because you struggle with those things. Yeah. Like there is grace for that yeah. as you like strive towards living a holy life totally and so if you're listening to this feeling like oh no i've i've not been doing the best in this area um find someone to open up to about it yeah um because a that safe is person a safe person yeah find someone you'll you'll trust um if they're a person who's mature in christ they're not going to look down on you for confessing and opening up i know when someone comes to me and and confesses something especially in this yeah area i i always my view of them always just skyrockets because they say this is a person who's humble enough to admit to their shortcoming yes and it's i'm always so encouraged because my my assumption is we're all broken in some Mm -hmm. area and um the problem is pride makes us want to hide it right uh, it looks weak to admit it Mm -hmm. um and and that's really that's the the weaker choice yes that's really the more spineless choice true vulnerability takes courage yes the courageous 
choice, the virtuous choice, the choice God is going to be honored mm-hmm. by is you stepping out and saying, I want to put this out there. Right. I'm going to find someone mm-hmm. I really trust to say, hey, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I'm going through. And it's the best step you can take. Yeah. And it's it's so important for you in your journey of sexual purity to have people you can talk to about stuff. Um, one of the big topics that kind of has to come up um, with this and just a big thing that I've worked through with a lot of different people is porn mm-hmm. and we are in a new era of sexting and mm-hmm. um, I remember when phones first got cameras yeah. and we called them <laughs> camera phones. Right. <laughs> remember that stage? It was like a few years where it's like, oh, you have a camera phone. Ooh, and so nowadays fancy. we can't even think of a time. And then you had to pay 25 cents to send one picture <laughs> yes, to exactly. someone. <laughs> yeah, it was like crazy hard to like send one picture. So we are in a really difficult age where the screen in your pocket is just trying to get you hooked mm-hmm. on porn and on mm-hmm. just very unhealthy, unwholesome content. Right. It is all over. And so, um, forgiven and free, a lot of the guys who come in, it does tend to be more pornography issues. Not always. It's people who have, you know, are, are actually having sex or struggling in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, my main advice is always to, again, walk through with someone there's a lot of steps you can take. You can put on filters and, and remove screens and, you know, leave your Chromebook in your locker. Like there's good steps you can take. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it, this, a lot of this does come down to like a heart level. Porn is a, um, it's not sex. It's a, it's an imitation of it. And so when we chase after it, it's, it's not really giving us what we're after. And so this right. is why we need more of it, more of it. Mm-hmm. It, it never really satisfies and so there usually is some sort of deep, there's some sort of lie that a guy is believing about himself or some sort of deep longing that he needs to be met, whether that's like loneliness or insecurity or whatever it would be. And um, a lot of times porn is a thing that you're trying to fill the void that only the Lord can really fill. And so that is the real like heart level thing to work through. Yeah. Again, for, I, I, don't know the details on the Women's Forgiven Free group. You can look it up on our website. Mm-hmm. For the Guys Forgiven and Free group, we meet at 7 a.m. on Saturday in Micah D. You can just, any guys listening to this, feel free to come. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to support you any age, any guy who's, you know, going through any kind of issue, whether you're really deep in sin or it's just maybe a once in a while issue or, or just something you are curious to check out. Um, I think it's been a really amazing ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, I would love if you reach out to me through email. I would love to connect you to the women's side as well. But um, yeah. this is just and a big thing. Fight the New Drug yeah, is yes. a great fight website, a great resource. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Surfing for God is a good book. Uh, and um, yeah, there there is a lot of resources out there. But um, I think some of the data too like, that links in with that and, and is not talked about as often yeah, is that like with porn addictions and everything, there's all these other consequences to that too, which a huge part of it yes. is that men who are addicted to porn are a lot more likely to be violently angry yeah, and yes. to be abusive to those around them, whether physically or just verbally, because there's this all this unfulfilled desire yeah. that's not being met, which leads to anger and frustration yeah. and just like a deep seated discontent and anger and um yeah so i think that's something that often gets 
not mentioned yeah as well. that's really interesting and yeah. i know for women talking about you know like 50 shades of gray yeah, like being mm-hmm. so popular right now like yep. i think you know it's it's very possible and lots of women do struggle with porn but mm-hmm. on the other hand i think it's more common for women to be susceptible to like unhealthy like rom-coms that yeah. are like basically soft porn yeah, yep. that you're watching it and they're like not like completely revealed but it's like pretty dang close yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like same with those books that like have those scenes and women generally are craving like the intimacy right. side of it and so being very careful in the kind of books that you're reading and sometimes that surprises you you know unlike movies books don't have ratings right. so sometimes yeah. you're reading and you're like oh did not see that coming um and so being careful in those boundaries as well and guarding your heart and your mind yeah too yeah my personal biggest struggle with porn was when i was a missionary mm. this was 2013 to 2014 this is when i got deep into it because I thought I'm a missionary, I've got it all figured out. Yeah. I'm kind of top of the spiritual be hierarchy. Be careful! Be careful when you think you stand. And so I started to struggle with it, and I felt so bad because I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh man, I'm a missionary. I'm not supposed to be struggling with this." So I just couldn't open up with anyone about it. Mm. And so I came back to the states, like after my year, and um, that's when I got help through it. Yeah. And so for me, it's it's been like five years, and um, I can say just working through so many through this with so many guys. Again, it's not just a guy struggle, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of guys stuck in it feel incre- uh, intense amounts of shame and guilt and frustration, mm-hmm. and um, when they get out of it, there really is. I've seen we've seen a lot of guys get out of it. Um, there's just like a new life to them, mm-hmm. and a new sense of joy and hope. And um, it's usually a process. It's usually takes several stages, um, but it really can be done. And guys really can find freedom from it. Yeah. They really can get to the point where they're not thinking about it anymore. It's in the past. And um, so I think it's really, it's, it's really the thing to work on. Um, Christians tend statistically not to do much better with this than non-Christians. Mm. And so it really is the thing I urge you to address in your life. And, um, it's really easy to think, oh, it's I slip up once in a while, mm-hmm. or it wasn't like full on porn. It wasn't great, but it wasn't all the way there. Um, if you're seeking out anything on your screen to get you aroused, mm. that really is porn. And so, yeah, that's a good um, definition. Seek help for that. Again, mm-hmm. I personally would love to help you with that. Uh, mm-hmm. We have ministries here at the church, but it, it's so worth fighting. There's so much hope for you. There's so much forgiveness for you. And um, you don't have to fear coming to like a group like Celebrate Recovery or Forgiven and Free. Like you're not going to be looked at like this freak sex addict. Like what's wrong with right. you? Like no one thinks that. Like right. guys come in. We're like, hey, you know, how's it going? It's, it yeah. feels normal. It feels like a normal group of guys. Um, mm-hmm. And so just go and and get help. Um, It really is worth it. Porn is not going to make you happy. Um, Swapping nudes is is not going to fulfill you. Mm -hmm. It really is not. Right. Um, It's just, it's a liar culture is believing that. Yeah. More people are waking up to like, Oh, porn is actually like damaging our brains in some really bad ways. And um, when you get in porn, you again, it gets crazier and crazier and it goes further and further. And so it's very addictive. Mm-hmm. And so you really just got to cut it off completely. There right. is there is no like little bit. It's yeah. it's going to take over and just kind of 
set your whole house on fire. <laughs> right. If, if you if you leave a spark, yeah, it's gonna consume everything eventually. Yeah, and there is hope and there is freedom that like it feels like when you're in those places, right? That shame feels like an octopus like has you and is dragging you down yeah. like to the depths. Yeah. Right. But like that is not the case. Like let the light in. Let Jesus do His work, and there can be so much freedom and so much yes. healing. Like you don't have to stay in that place. You're not alone in that place. No. You're Lots not. of people struggle with these yeah. things, and there is hope for that yes. and I think it kind of leads to talking about like not letting sin master you yeah. and not letting anything master you so even if like like on the women's side of things like maybe it's something like that doesn't sound as serious but is still mastering you so maybe you have some kind of addiction to like romantic books or yeah. to like romantic comedies or a show that like <laughs> is very revealing and like yeah. and like if it feels like it's something you like have to do like you can't like totally. not have that escape maybe is a good way to describe it then that's something that's like mastering you in the moment that you need to address mm. and gain freedom from yeah. also yeah Super good. Yeah. Uh, and renewing your mind. Like the Bible talks about yeah. how like God's yeah. word renews our mind. And I think that's just the best way to put it is that, you know, the more that you spend in God's word, the more time you spend in relationship to God, yes. the more he renews you and changes you and changes those desires. Mm -hmm. So where it feels like that temptation. They more align with his desire. Right. Where yeah. it feels like that temptation is overwhelming right yeah. now. Like the more that you like dive into God's word, the more he will renew you and those things will release the hold those things have on you mm. will begin to release. Yeah. And a lot of the, the time, like the place to start with this is really the gospel and mm -hmm. knowing that yeah, you are saved. You're not like going to limp your way into heaven because you've, you've struggled with porn or mm. you've had sex before marriage. It's not like Jesus mm -hmm. can be like, okay, I guess I'll extend grace to you. Right. Like it's easier for other people for me to extend grace toward for you, the person who sinned sexually. I don't know. Like that is not how Jesus thinks about us. Right. Like you are forgiven. Yeah. You're a saint. You're a child of God. You're his treasured possession. Mm-hmm. Um, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like you are, like we are a kingdom of priests. Right. We are a nation that is God's treasured possession who he loves. Mm -hmm. And um, Jesus did all the work of forgiving us. He did all the work of covering us. When you are in Christ, like you are completely covered. Purity yeah. is not something we gain on our own. Like Jesus makes us pure in right. him. And so we're just living that out. And so if you have messed up in this area, again, like we all have. And it doesn't mean stay in it. It means seek help for it and um, get out of it because you are designed for so much more. And right. there's, you, you are, it's because you are completely, totally washed clean by him mm -hmm. that you can say, okay, I'm not damaged goods. I'm not this like dirty, awful person who God looks and says, you gross. Right. He says, no, you're my child and I love you yeah. and I just want what's best for you. And so let that be your motivation to seek purity out of mm -hmm. gratitude and joy and peace and knowing that. Like, yeah, you, you are, you are covered by his blood. You are redeemed. You're set free. Um, the shackles have been, have been broken off and right. you can run in his goodness. And, um, God wants to lead us besides still water and mm -hmm. green pastures. And that, that is his plan for us. And so, um, yeah, if you've listened to this and feel any kind of conviction, please, um, yeah, pray about it. Right. And, um, Remember who you are in Christ. And then, again, feel free to talk to Abby or I, yeah. staff member, anything like that. Reach out to us. But mm -hmm. um, 
right? I, a couple a couple great yeah, verses that yes, I love please, on this yes, topic. Please do. Um, first of all, it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which says, No temptation has overtaken you except mm-hmm. what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But mm. when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Um, and then right along yeah, with that, First John 1, 9 says, if, you confess, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Uh, that's one of the, so one these of the temptations, most important verses right, for me. Yeah. So these temptations are not uncommon. The devil wants you to believe that you are alone in this, that you're mm-hmm. the only one that struggles yes, with this, that there's yeah. no way out. And that's not true. These temptations are common. This is something that we all have areas that we struggle in. And it's something that you can bring to the light. Um, yeah. and seek forgiveness and gain forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Bible says that when Jesus, when God looks at us, that he sees us covered in the righteousness of Christ. And so I like to just picture that as like a, a pure robe of like covering yeah. over all those sins that we've committed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think in Daniel, when Daniel's praying, he says, you know, he's asking God to answer his prayer and he says, God, not because of our righteousness, mm-hmm. but because of your great mercy. Yeah. yeah and so, so I good. love that verse. And that, right, it's not because of our righteousness. Totally. It's because of the mercy of God, God of the grace of God, right, yeah. that he has, he has made a way mm-hmm. because of all those things for us to be covered in the righteousness of Christ because mm-hmm. of Jesus' sacrifice, yeah. that we can stand in that confidence before God without shame. Yeah, which is crazy. It's so backwards. I think people like us who have messed up so much and have such bad backgrounds or are struggling with porn or whatever mm-hmm. that we, when we're in Christ, we're completely forgiven for it. it right. is, oh, it's covered. Jesus took care of it. We're going to stand before a holy, mighty God. And when he says, why should I let you into heaven? We'll say, well, Jesus has washed us clean. Like right. Jesus is going to stand there and say, I, they're, this person's good. Like they're covered because not because we were perfect, because Jesus lived a perfect life. Right. And so if you're trying to pursue purity because you feel guilty and you want to make it up to God or something, it's not going to be sustainable. You got to come from a place of, of peace and security yeah. and knowing that like you're secure in, in Jesus, you're mm-hmm. secure in what he has done. Like I love Titus three where Paul talks about how they were far from God, but when the kindness of God appeared, he saved us not because of works we've done, but because of, because of mercy. Right. Just like you had said. Yeah. And um, how he washes with the Holy spirit, how he poured the Holy spirit generously out on us. It's mm-hmm. like, not like a trickle. It is just a crazy waterfall of right. mercy and washing mm-hmm. and cleansing. And that is all of us. And so um, we have great hope. Mm-hmm. This is good news. It means that God has a good plan for your sexuality yeah. that, that he is leading you into. And if you take some some of the steps that he has laid out and that just kind of makes sense of mm-hmm. how to walk in this, um, you really can walk in purity, not just like positionally, but actually in how you act. And um, you can find, I think, great satisfaction in God's plan for sex and um, bring clarity to a world of chaos and right. darkness and confusion Right. Um, to walk in his light. Jesus yeah. is the light of the world. He's, he's trying to illuminate and make sense of who we are and mm-hmm. our desires. And um, he's wanting to order us correctly. And so pursue him. Um, remember you're saved, um, pursue the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever kind of sexual issue you're dealing with, seek help on it. Talk yeah. to someone about it. Mm-hmm. It's really like, those are really the steps I think to right. get you started. Right. And remember that, 
as you grow in this area, like this is huge in your relationship with God, that any sin in our life, whether it's sexual or otherwise, any sin is putting up like walls in between us and God. So the more that we can be honest about those things, seek repentance and forgiveness and knock those things down, the more we will be one with Christ and be able to embrace our relationship and add substance and depth to that relationship with God Mm -hmm. that we might not be able to experience otherwise. And that is so worth it. Totally. It sounds, it's a hard concept to grasp when you're a teenager, yes, it but is. it's so worth it to have that intimacy with God and to gain that really one step at a time by bringing things to the light one step at a time and letting him do the work with you yes. and not trying to do the work alone. Yes. Yeah. Well, and Nick even talked about on Sunday, like spiritual pride mm. can be the one thing that makes someone almost unsavable because they were just resisting help. Like right. A Christ, being a Christian means you admit that you're a failure yes. <laughs> and you need Jesus to, to fill in the gap between you and God. Mm-hmm. That's like the number one thing you need to understand. Right. And so if you have any kind of pride or I'm fine or I'll deal with it myself, like that is putting up walls in your heart. Like yeah. you said, and those walls only are going to grow more numerous and stronger mm-hmm. and tougher to break down later. Right. And so tear those walls down and soften yeah. your heart and say, okay, I'm going to humbly submit to the Lord's plan and do what wise people are telling me to do mm-hmm. and pray about it all the way through and ask God, ask God for his help. Um, that is the best thing you could do. And again, I yeah. was so backwards in my brain as like a youth where I thought to be a, a great Christian means coming youth group acting like everything was all put together. Right. And it's really the opposite. It's yes. the youth group being like, here's where I'm broken this week. Yep. Here's where I'm sinning now. Mm-hmm. Here, like, here's what I need help with. That's, that's what we are as the right. church. <laughs> right. That's what we're meant to be for each other. So, all right. Well, we've covered a lot of things. <laughs> we have. Hopefully this is helpful. Uh, let us know. I think we, there's one question that we still didn't cover, right? If we can that? talk about that for just a few yes, minutes. Yes, let's do it. Which um, why, getting mar- why get married when half of all marriages oh, end in divorce? Yeah, 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 we did I know that was on that. Slido a couple times and it didn't get answered, so yeah, I, I don't want to skip little, that. That's a little separate from what we've talked about. Yeah. But I think it leads, I think it leads right into it. Like at this point, yeah. right? Like yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, yeah. where this is a natural like segue into that. This is great news, but in the world, it's, it often doesn't feel like that. Right. Yeah. So... Um, it is something like 40% of first marriages, from what I could tell, end in divorce. It's not quite 50%, but in terms of all marriages, that can be almost up to half because you have like second marriages and third marriages, and those tend to end in divorce at higher rates. Mm-hmm. And so the a little bit is the statistic is like a little bit off that half of all marriages end in divorce. It's not technically true, but it is a lot of marriages end in divorce, regardless yeah. of what the trend has been. And... um. The reality is, is like you personally can do better than the statistic. Like you do not need to be another number in the statistic in the bad right. sense, like another one that ends in divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think some of what we've talked about is why there's so many divorces, just like sexual impurity. That's just mm-hmm. not dealt with. Yep. Um, it can be a big issue. Money is a huge issue. A lot of marriages end over fights about money. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, which can which can be so easily avoided. Yeah. I think so many of these issues in marriage are come down to a lack of communication and yes. a lack of honesty yeah. with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can plan, you can look at those statistics, yeah. be aware of them and use that as a guide, right? Mm-hmm. To try and set your marriage up for success early on by planning how, strategizing how you're going to avoid those things in your marriage. Yeah. And so like you can do Financial Peace University with yeah. Dave Ramsey. You yeah. can be on the same page with your money, which is so huge. That's made... 
someone paid for Lucas and I to take that class when we were engaged. And that has been so huge for us and such a blessing. And there's talking about money can be really hard, but when you do it from early on, Mm -hmm. like it's a great, it builds great communication in your marriage about other things. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Communication is really big. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think part of what's underneath all this is the fact that we have forgotten that marriage is meant to be a covenant relationship that you are committed to until mm-hmm. the end. Um, now there are still biblical reasons for divorce. Hmm. Yeah. You know, so, um, Jesus talks about one and Paul talks about one where that's like sexual impurity mm-hmm. or sexual like infidelity or Paul talks about like if an unbelieving spouse wants to leave, like let them leave mm-hmm. in first Corinthians seven. Mm-hmm. So there are potential reasons. And right. um, when it comes to like, abuse or neglect Mm -hmm. those do seem to violate what paul is talking about like uh, that those are very non-christian actions and so if there's like genuine abuse and genuine neglect in a marriage um, a lot of times that does seem to be pretty much covered by what paul talks about in first Corinthians seven yeah it's like okay you if you're acting that way you're not acting like christ at all and so it's it really that's really essentially abandonment by an unbelieving spouse. And so um, mm-hmm. like pastorally speaking, I wouldn't have a problem helping separate like a woman who's in a really bad situation. Right. Like obviously getting her physically out of the situation first, mm-hmm. seeing if, if the husband can turn to Christ and like true, like truly deeply mm-hmm. repent of everything. But um, that really feels like it, that really is a form of abandonment and, and yeah. breaking the covenant in that, yeah, in those it's, ways. It's really yeah. broken the covenant, the covenant. Mm-hmm. So there are biblical reasons for divorce. Um, right. seems like a lot of divorces are, um, just because, yeah, people don't have this really strong commitment to each other. And like, eventually you're going to fall out of love and those feelings mm-hmm. of affection are going to go away. Mm-hmm. And that's where the commitment needs to kick in. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely no expert on like all the reasons. Maybe you know more, Abby, of like mm-hmm. maybe some of the other reasons people get divorced. Yeah. Um, I know it's way more complicated than just people don't commit right. to each other enough. I, I think there is an element of that underneath all of this. Right. Um, I think I, yeah. I think the number two we've mentioned are sexual infidelity yeah. and then money issues it, yeah. is a leading cause for gotcha. divorce in America, for sure. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what else was on that list. but I know Nick has talked a lot about how um, video games, especially <laughs> from the husband, <laughs> tends to be a big reason for a divorce. Yeah. And so um, it's just the danger of having some kind of habit that's not focusing on your spouse that you're right. just too into because... Mm-hmm. Um, if your spouse is feeling neglected, mm-hmm. like that's not going to last for very long. Right. Yeah. You know, and they're going to feel abandoned. Yeah. And I think it's having a right view of marriage, like going into it too, like yeah. not having like a fairy tale view of what you expect marriage to be like, Yeah, you know, yep, and realizing good. one of my favorite books on marriage is sacred marriage by Gary yeah, Thomas, that's a good which one. is so good. And one of the things I actually remember being offended by that book, like the first oh, time yeah. I saw it, because I think the catchphrase at that time on the front of the book was like, what if God designed marriage to make you holy, not happy? And I was like, yeah. oh, that's like so annoying. Why yeah. would you put that on the front of your book? This is cringe. <laughs> but yeah, this is cringe. <laughs> but, but like having been married nine years now, like, like that is the case that God uses marriage to sanctify us, to help us to become more like Christ. And so the goal in marriage is that yeah. you're both becoming more like Christ. You're both becoming more humble and more serving of one another. Yeah. And that if you are strategically lining your marriage up to be that way going in mm-hmm. and going forward, like 
that's a recipe for like a good marriage. Yeah. And and he addresses in that book like, well, what if one person you can do all the right things, you can choose the person to the best of your ability, mm-hmm. and something may happen that they and they may choose to fall away from Christ. And so in that case, like still it's you choosing to love them to the best of your ability, to love them as Christ would, to yeah. still be like have a servant heart in your marriage and yeah. then trusting God for the rest and trusting the yeah. Holy Spirit to do that work on that person's heart. Like, can you know going into any marriage 100% that you won't end up divorced? You're going to no. be, no, like your spouse is going to be seven different people. Right. Throughout your <laughs> throughout marriage. Throughout your life. And so. Which is usually a good be thing it. right. because it's yeah. God changing us, right? Yeah, like I good. do not want to yeah. be the same person I was when I got married nine years ago because totally. I want God to mature me and to change me and to grow yes. me. And I want him to do that with my husband also. Yeah. But right. So you can, but what you can do is follow those paths of wisdom and you can continue to align your life up with the Bible and with the gospel. And as God sanctifies you, trusting him and praying also for the sanctification of your spouse yeah. that you and, and deliberately trying to grow together in those things. Totally. Yeah. Being married has, like you've talked about, given me a whole new way to be sanctified. And, um, you know, I got, I got married because I wanted to be married and I wanted mm-hmm. to marry Rachel and I wanted that life companionship. Right. But, I knew that the Lord wanted to do a whole lot of stuff in me and in her through it. And yeah. so um, to me, like when Rachel and I talked about getting married, we were like, this is a permanent thing. Right. It's, we're not going to mm-hmm. question. Yeah. And we're not going to ever consider ending that for, right. for any reason. Yeah. And uh, that I think needs to be the mindset going into it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. There is, there has been a good movement among Christians nowadays they have more like marriage counseling and yeah. marriage help. And, mm-hmm. um, I've just, I've felt more of that of like 20 somethings getting counseling before they get married, like premarital counseling yep. and stuff like that. So I think we're doing some good things to make right. sure our marriage lasts, um, uh, because marriage is not just going to sort of float by and be fine. Like you need right. to work on it. You need to constantly be developing yeah. it, working on your communication mm-hmm. how you care for one another and learning more about each other. Yeah. Um, I still remember Nick told me, he was like, this was like a year into my marriage. And he was like, you still like, don't even know your wife. I'm like, you st- <laughs> there's, there's still, and he was being so hyperbolic, much. but he was like, you still, there's still so much you need to learn about her. Right. And uh, I think having that mindset is helpful. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I don't... Which is so good and speaks yeah. so much love to your wife then when you do know those things. Mm-hmm, totally. There are certain times when like Lucas definitely knows me better than I like actually know myself. Yeah. And <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to eat tonight. And he's like, yeah, you probably just want pizza. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, okay, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't choose what ice cream flavor I want. And he's like, you want mint chocolate chip and chocolate. Yeah, right. And I'd be like, you're right. <laughs> like, and those, you know? and those moments are like so precious of like, mm-hmm. he has taken the time to like study me and know me well and... Yeah. And I think that the things we've talked about earlier in this podcast, doing those things actively, like lead to um, like being in a good place to get married. Like if you have a lot of sexual sin that you're hiding and that you're not willing to talk about, like that's going to be detrimental to uh, a marriage. mm, Absolutely. And the more we bring hard things to the light, the easier it'll be, the easier it'll be for you to do that. It's like a muscle. Like the more you repent and allow God to change you and work in you, the easier that'll be in marriage. So that way, when those issues do come up or you do fight, you can more easily repent and go to that person and say you're sorry and make it right. Yeah, I mean, probably the best thing, if you're single and uh, you are looking or you're maybe not in a place to be looking, the best thing you can really be doing is become the kind of person 
that the kind of person you're going to want to marry is going to want to marry. <laughs> like you're, you're <laughs> becoming, yeah, yeah, become the person, <laughs> become Andy Stanley says, become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Like become, okay. the, become okay. the kind of person who like the, right. like for me as a guy, like the kind of woman who I'm yes. after is a woman who really values a godly man. Yes. Am I that godly man? Right. Okay. And so that's the best thing you can do is be establishing healthy spiritual habits now that mm-hmm. are going to make your marriage strong later. Right. And, um, and so that's, that's really the best thing you can be doing because if you come into marriage spiritually mature and having dealt with a lot of stuff that right. is going to help and is going to make your marriage strong and, and mm-hmm. go the distance. Um, yeah. Which is why it's so important to have substantive friendships yes. as well. Yeah. Um, that you you don't want to wait until marriage to have a substantive relationship yeah. where you're sharing those deep parts of you and those deep hard things. Like hopefully you have substantive friendships, um, you know, hopefully of the same sex that you can share those really, really deep things with totally. and share of yourself in that way, which will help make like that marriage relationship yeah. easier in being vulnerable right off the bat and yeah. sharing the hard things and communicating well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is really important. You talked earlier about like friendships and like, yeah. and I think that's really important. I know in one of the, one of the earlier um, sexuality everywhere podcasts, and I can't remember which one, but, and this might be controversial, but they, <laughs> they someone had said that they didn't think that men and women could have good, like actual friendships oh. without there being any kind of like, sexual tension or whatever yeah and like so then maybe to just avoid those yeah and i like deeply disagree (laughs) with that like having like other godly men in my life Mm -hmm. who are friends Mm -hmm. and you know usually friends with me and my husband like Mm -hmm. usually we're both friends or like you know like those deep relationships thankfully i have a brother who like is like also really godly and like i have cousins (laughs) yeah i have like cousins that i trust and can go to who are like older and wiser like having those other relationships in your lives together um while having safe boundaries too but i think those those relationships are good and necessary yeah really necessary yeah so and help you know what you want in a spouse totally, too. Yeah. Yeah. If young people are just dating, yeah, like just for the sexual side of it, you're gonna miss all of this. Right. So developing yourself holistically as a person, having friends of your gender and the opposite gender. And obviously, yeah, with opposite gender friends, you have to be careful and there's a whole bunch of things, but mm-hmm. yeah, I agree that. But having, I think you can set good, healthy boundaries. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. still be able to have substantive friendships with yeah. Yeah. those people. I think that's good. So yeah. Okay, with that, then I, I think we covered it. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you brought that up because that was a helpful way to end this. Um, so, again, hopefully this was helpful. Reach out to us. If you have any questions, reach out to me. You can go to yeah. like the highpointchurch.org slash staff page and find my email. Again, I'm Luke Zika. And, uh, and I think Luke I'm, can get you my email if yes, you would like. <laughs> and I will get you Abby's email. If you don't want to talk to me, you just want to talk to Abby. Yep, I totally understand. And I can get that to you. But um, otherwise, I think that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. 
If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.